everybody this is journey to the stage i appreciate you tuning in and making this podcast part of your podcast lineup before we start today if you could take a few minutes and give this podcast a rating or leave a quick review or follow wherever you're listening that's always very helpful if you're watching on youtube give us a like or a follow and a subscribe that would be great you can find us on facebook instagram youtube all those places just search for the journey to the stage podcast and i'll put the links for that down in the podcast notes if you'd like to listen so I am a huge fan of Christmas music. I have probably four or five different Christmas playlists that I use. Some are instrumental, classic, and quiet, and definitely have some rockin' Christmas playlists. When I read that the Smithereens were reissuing their Christmas album, I, I knew that I wanted to have one of the band members on to talk about that. So several weeks ago, I had Smithereens founding member and, and drummer Dennis Dykin on to discuss the release of the Lost album by the Smithereens. And, I'll put a link to that conversation in the show notes as well. It's one that I thoroughly enjoyed as a, as a longtime fan of the band. So it's an honor to welcome back to Journey to the Stage the one and only Dennis Dykin. Dennis, thank you so much for, for making some time to connect with me today. Well, Brian, if I didn't have fun the last time, I wouldn't have done it again. <laughs> so uh, it, well, I appreciate that. It, it's great to be back with you. Awesome. So I want to talk about this Christmas album. As I as I was mentioning before we started recording, I I missed this album when it first came out. So this is new to me, and I have thoroughly enjoyed every. I've listened to it probably four or five times already, and it's wow. just it's a lot of fun. And so this was originally released back in twenty in two thousand seven. So it's got, of course, Pat on on vocals, of course. So maybe take us back there a little bit. What when you guys sat down? and said, hey, let's do a Christmas album. You know, kind of what was the thinking? Was this something you want to do for fun? Or kind of take us back in that time a little bit. Yeah, it was on our to-do list for a long time. Uh, We grew up loving Christmas music, and I consider listening to, I think back about listening to Christmas music as a kid, of all sorts. I give credit to Christmas music for being um, a bit of a gateway to other f- non-rock and roll forms of music, you know. Yes. Uh, I mean, we grew up, of course, in the late 50s and early 60s with our parents watching the Lawrence Welk Show and other programs like that. But mm-hmm. So we were exposed to quote-unquote adult music, right? right. And uh, But listening to Perry Como or the Lennon Sisters or Andy Williams do Christmas music, it, it kind of, even though we might have, it might have been guilty pleasures e- even as little kids, that kind of music, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, you weren't considered cool if you were going to be listening to, uh, <laughs> right. to, you know, quote unquote adult music. But come Christmas time, it kind of gave you um, a green light to maybe like certain so- types of music that you wouldn't otherwise rally around. So it, right. I, I often cite, uh, for example, Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Of mm. course, it's become one of the most overplayed Christmas cuts of all time. But <laughs> uh, as a kid listening to it, 
it's got a really great big band arrangement and a swinging sure. drum track. So it, uh, it opened my ears to that kind of thing, you know? So, and also orchestrated in classical forms, mm-hmm. but of course we did grow up with rock and roll Christmas records. We had the beach boys Christmas album. That's the one that sticks out the most for me Yeah, and uh, a slew of singles, uh, rocking around the Christmas tree by Brenda Lee and mm-hmm. just all kinds of, uh, things that were sneaking out so and then as this time went by more and more rock and roll bands were doing christmas albums so uh it's just the type of thing that we always thought would be a fun thing to do and um i personally really was pushing for it because uh for all previously stated reasons i I just thought uh the music's great we could really have fun interpreting yeah uh, pieces that uh and and making make them our own yeah and uh so that's what we did well and it's such a blast and it really is a, a great mix of you know kind of that classic smithereen sound but with echoes of those great you know 60s rock songs and and rock bands how did you guys accomplish that mix when you talked about interpreting those songs because none of them straight terribly far from the original they they kept the original feel but it it still sounds like the smithereens how did how did you guys accomplish that mix well there were a couple i gotta say that i think did like for example uh, santa bring my baby back to me has a totally different feel than the elvis version rudolph run is very different than the chuck berry or the dave edmonds version but uh, you're right some of the other ones we followed like merry christmas baby the beach boys tune we we followed the original groove on that and i think that any band that has their own sound that's lucky enough to be able to make records and play live and have an identifiable stamp on their Mm -hmm. music just by virtue of that alone uh, i think just flips the switch when when you're making music that it's going to sound like what the band sounds like the the coming together of 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 the rhythm section and of uh uh, you know when mike uh, well well, no let's say when jimmy would would play a certain um, guitar figure and i would play a certain drum feel it's going to sound like the smithereens mm-hmm. and uh, Pat was singing with us. It's just, it's, in other words, it's just our interpretation of the music. It's, it's just our voices, our musical imprint on these songs. It's just, yeah. uh, you can't help but uh, just sounding like you if you're you. <laughs> right. Now, was this just so fun to drum on? Because you're right. I mean, some of these songs do have more of a, of a swing feel to them, which is maybe something a little bit different than you got to do on a, you know, maybe a typical Smithereens album. How fun was was that for you to drum on this? Oh yeah, any chance I get to swing is uh, that's a good day. I mean, I try. I think I have an inherent swing feel in even my rock and roll playing, and of course, the greatest rock and roll should swing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the roots of rock and roll is coming from swing, so that's something I relish. Anytime I get the opportunity to play. In that bag makes me happy, very, very happy indeed. Well, it's it's happy music. It just you can't listen to that and st- and stand still. It's music that's meant to move you. So I would imagine that would be so fun as a drummer to. Yeah, to we did. We 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 typically do not employ click tracks at least in the last ten twenty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we, we just uh, let the music breathe and. And we follow our own heartbeats. You know, yeah. as Ringo Ringo Starr once said when he was presented with a click track, 
I guess later in the 70s or 80s, he he scoffed and said, click track, I am the bloody cl click track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he would say. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have several original tunes on this that, that obviously that you guys wrote, and we'll, we'll go through the track list here in a minute. But I want right. to play one of those originals, which... I I think actually is my favorite cut from the album. It's Waking Up Christmas Morning. Mm -hmm. I love the lyrics to this song and it just has such a great feel to it. Let's let's give it a listen and then we'll chat about it. All right.
So as kids, you know, waking up Christmas morning, the wonder of it all, the the excitement, anticipation, all the flood of all those emotions when you're opening that special gift um, that you've wanted so bad. Uh, this song really captures all of that. This is a real special song. Any memories that you have of, you know, waking up on those Christmas mornings that maybe from your childhood that, that still stand out for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, first, I, I want to say that uh, Jimmy Babjack wrote Waking Up on Christmas Morning, and I agree. I think it's a classic. It um, is a great song. Yeah. He really did nail, uh, you know, I think that one of the goals of uh, a songwriter is to wed find the, the perfect marriage of, of lyrics to music. And I think he really nailed that in this case. Agreed. Um, uh, yeah. I, um, well, this kind of ties into the other song, the, one of the other original songs on the album, actually a song that I wrote called Christmas. I remember, um, mm. where I actually make reference to, <laughs> uh, certain gifts that I got and growing up as a musically minded person, I, uh, really could not wait to get, the new Beatles album that would be re- released in time for Christmas gift giving in the sixties. Nice. Uh, I think 1966 was the only year they didn't come up with a new album for the Christmas market, but we knew rubber soul was going to be there in December <laughs> of 65. Yeah. I, rem- I remember even my, my parents punked me because um, back then uh, there were certain stores that would run sales on LPs, and uh, there was one store called Corvettes. At that time, in Carteret, where we lived, we didn't have a Corvettes, but my relatives in Bergen County, New Jersey, had a Corvettes, and it, Rubber Soul was on sale that week before Christmas. Nice. And my cousin, or my aunt, called my mom and said, oh, we could pick it up for you, and you can save a buck or whatever. We'll see you on Christmas. And my parents said, no, we're not going to do that right now. And I was crestfallen. So, you know, I, I, well, I no, I don't think I cried, but I, I probably nearly did cry. Right. This might have been on Christmas Eve or two days before Christmas. In the back of my mind, I thought, well, I hope I, I get it for Christmas. But anyway, so I did get it on Christmas morning of 65. I don't know if there's words to describe what it was like back then before all these, all the Beatles records were out and it just became part of our wallpaper. Um mm-hmm. The anticipation for a new Beatle record or a new album, a record at all, just to get, you knew on Christmas day, you were going to be getting a couple of LPs. And that was, nice. that was huge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you would really count the minutes <laughs> and, uh, and, so you know, and I always associate certain albums with Christmas, even if they are not Christmas music and rubber soul is a perfect example. When I hear the downbeat of, I've just seen a face or the song wait, I flash on Christmas morning of 65 without fail. Wow. And uh, the White Album was a Christmas album for me. Interesting. Um, Magical Mystery Tour. There's so many of them. So that was a big part of uh, of growing up in the 60s was uh, waiting for Christmas, knowing that you were going to get some killer stash. <laughs> well, how fun. I don't know if I remember getting albums for Christmas, but there are definitely, definitely some standout Christmases. I usually bought my own music or, you know, with my allowance or money I'd gotten for Christmas. So yeah, yeah. Well, I did that too. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess I, it, it actually probably made the gift giving a bit easier for my parents because they knew, they knew what to get me and what would, 
would really make me happy. Yeah. And that song, it, 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 it is great. As you mentioned, it stirs up so much nostalgia. And it, to me, that's the, one of the beautiful things in music is, is that it can take us back in time a little bit and uh, kind of re-stir those feelings we might have felt in our parents' living room or something, either with what we heard or what we received. And that's just one of the beautiful things that uh, that music can do. So let's I take agree. a look at this, the track listing. You guys did an, a really incredible job of putting some awesome tracks together. It's 12, 12 songs. And actually, as I think of it, I haven't mentioned um, the name of the, the album yet. So it's Christmas with the Smithereens for everybody looking for it. And we'll talk about where people can get this here in just a few minutes. But the first track on there is the one we just played, uh, Waking Up Christmas Morning, as you mentioned. Jim wrote that one. Then you guys have Santa Bring Bring My Baby Back, which Elvis made made popular. I think he was the first to record that. I think and he was, yeah. And I think this is... Merry Christmas Baby that Brian Wilson wrote and of course the the Beach Boys recorded. I really love the sound that you guys created for this song. Oh good. It, 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 I love it. It it has really kind of a, a Beach Boys feel to it. The vocals, the way they're recorded and engineered, I think just sound very Brian Wilson. <laughs> I did the vocals on that Beach Boys tune and yeah, that was me just reliving my fascination with that album, you know. I just, I just I think it's a killer album from start to finish. And Merry Christmas Baby is, it gets played during Christmas season by the Beach Boys, but not enough for yeah. my money. Yeah. Glad yeah. you like it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that was you singing. And I was, as I was listening to it, even last night, I'm like, that doesn't, Pat sings differently on this song, but which makes sense. It's, it, that's actually you. I, I love your vocals on this. I think they sound just really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah. We all got to step out a little bit and, and sing some leads on this album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the classic Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree that Brenda Lee made famous. Yeah. Great, great song there. And then Christmas All Over the World. This is this is another original that you guys wrote. And it looks like you all had a hand in writing that one. That's right. It's actually a rewrite of a song that appeared on our album, God Save the Smithereen, the song called All Revved Up. Okay, <laughs> and yeah, it's okay. the same music, but we rewrote the lyrics with the, with the holidays in mind. And then you guys, uh, you've got a, a the Who's Christmas that Pete Townsend wrote, which is super cool. It looks like you got to put a lot of your musical heroes on here. Yeah, and that one, that's Jimmy singing lead. I remember we cut that track in one take. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, nice. and because Jimmy and I used to play that song back in the 70s when we were just playing in his garage. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess we had rehearsed it a lot through the years. But uh, that same track also appeared on our album, uh, our tribute to Tommy, who's yeah. Tommy. Nice. And then you've got Twas the Night Before Christmas, of course, the, the classic poem there. Yeah, that's me on vocals there, too. It's our interpretation of, a, I guess, a relatively obscure take on that song, which was that, that version that we did, we were, we were channeling Art Carney's rendition of Twas the Night Before yeah, Christmas, okay. which he did in the early 50s. So it's a, kind of a hipster take on it, I guess you would say. Yeah, you don't hear that recording by Art very much. That'd be good. That'd be a good one for me to go back and listen to. It's a good one. Then you've got Run Run Rudolph, of course, which Chuck Berry, I think, did first. Right. Um, yeah, he wrote it. Great, great song. It's a classic. Yeah. That, one, that one does get played quite a bit. 
Yeah, I guess Keith Richard has a version of it, and Dave Edmonds as well. And I love this one, too. You guys did uh, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, that oh, the yeah. Ramones recorded and wrote. Uh, that is a really... I, I wasn't super familiar. I'd heard it a couple of times, but I, with just with some renewed focus, just love the lyrics. It, that's a really... That's a good song, and I think it fits the album really well. It was. It is a good song. They, those guys were really great artists. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they wrote some wonderful pop songs, and that's mm-hmm. one of them. We were fortunate to work with them. We our first, the first leg of our first major tour, we spent a week opening for the Ramones. Wow! And they were really good to us, and they really championed us and helped us along. So uh, we have very fond memories of them and we're very thankful for the support they showed us yeah that's super cool that's and we of course we all saw them back in the 70s you know and it was really eye and ear opening for us to see them at max's kansas city and different venues around new york and new jersey yeah there was a rawness to them that that i i still just absolutely love to this day sure and then uh, then you guys followed that up with christmas i remember that's another original Who's right. who's singing lead on that one? Is that Pat? No, that's me. Um, oh, it is you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one I came up with, and again, it was just uh, recalling that wonderment of as December was de- descending upon us. We knew. Mm-hmm. Well, back then, I don't know if it's just our memories distorting things, but I seem to remember a fair amount of snow back then. You know, um, mm-hmm. so we could always count on having snow, not necessarily on Christmas Day, but. Uh, you knew December's coming. We're going to be able to go sledding and we're going to get a week off from school and we're going to have, you know, Christmas is coming. And it was, <laughs> it was really tangible, that excitement and that anticipation. Yeah. It was, and well, that's what that song is about pretty much in the same nostalgic bag as Jimmy's tune. But it's, it was just something that I had to express. And I'll also mention, we were talking about the beach boys. Mm-hmm. We have a guest on that track. Uh, David Marks, who's the original rhythm guitarist of the Beach Boys, oh, wow. uh, plays on that number. Yeah, oh, so he plays really some great cool. rhythm and, and a few cool licks too. And yeah. uh, he's kind of, I guess, considered the forgotten Beach Boy, but he was a very integral cog in their formative wheel. He's the rhythm guitarist that plays on those seminal hits, you know, Surfing USA, Surfing Safari, Little Disc Coop, and his his rhythm feel is really potent and it is it is written that the beach boys were primarily a doo-wop and folk group before david marks joined and injected his rock and roll feel to the band and of course he he left in 1963 so he he's not uh, he's somewhat forgotten they did rejoin them here and there in the 90s and for their 50th uh, anniversary tour anyway wow. he plays on that track very cool i got to see the beach boys in Maybe 86, 87, and they were so, so good. I was a, a teenager, and they just absolutely blew me away. They were so good. Yeah, their live show is still quite good. I, I must say they have a really good uh, musical director, a fellow called Scott Totten, and he uh, works very hard to uh, get the arrangements right and lead the band. And John Cowsill of the Cowsills is, is oh. their drummer You know, these days. Really, oh, yeah, I didn't right. know that. He's been he's been with them for quite a few years. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So, kind of rounding out the album, you have a Lang Sign, uh, of course, a great traditional folk tune, and then 
you had to close it out with the Beatles. Your love for the Beatles is immense, and that's obvious and so appreciated. You guys end the album with Christmas Time is Here Again. Great, great Beatles song. Yeah, it was pointed out recently in another interview that we were doing, and I guess it's, it's obvious that it's not that much of a fully fleshed out song. It's mostly a chorus and a great groove, but it's very catchy. But there's no verse and bridge to it. It's just a feel, basically. So, and, and for those who don't know, it was part of one of, of the Beatles' Christmas annual Christ, uh, fan club Christmas records. It was a recurring theme in the 67 edition of their Christmas records. And we flipped out when we heard it. And we said, wow, this is a great <laughs> Beatles track, you know, as kids. And when, that, when those... Christmas albums became available or singles became available to us. We really flipped our wigs, so we were happy to take that that theme and expand on it. We just turned it into a, a production tour de force, you might say. Every sec, every time that the chorus hits and afterwards, we we gave it a, a different flourish production wise. It's such a fun way to end the album too, and of course, tipping your hat to somebody who were very clearly musical heroes to you and the, and the rest of the band uh, is just, it's a great way, I think, to, to close that out. It's, it's a great selection of songs at, you know, various time frames and styles. It's, it's really a, an eclectic mix. And even the songs that you guys contributed fit really well. And that can be tricky to do when you're doing a, an, an album of covers to have some original material in there can sometimes feel disjointed, but it's it's there's a great cohesion and sound and style that I think is really remarkable. And I hope those who haven't heard this Christmas album, I hope will add it to their regular rotation because it really is just so much fun. You had mentioned um, some of the Christmas albums that you listen to. Are there any others that, um, you know, back from your childhood that you still hold near and dear that you still love to pull out that each year and, and play in your own home? Yeah, um, I mentioned the Lennon sisters. We had their their uh, Christmas album when we, when it, when I was a kid, so I like to hear that one. There's um, yeah, a Perry Como. It's uh, the, he made several Christmas albums, but I particularly like his first one. It's mm -hmm. called uh, Perry Como sings Merry Christmas music. But there's another one, uh, maybe more well, quite I would say quite a bit more obscure. One of the first records I ever heard. It was when I was very, very young. My parents didn't have too much in the way of music at the, at the house. Uh, they had very, very few records. But uh, our heritage is Slovak, and they had um, a 10-inch LP of Slavonic language Christmas carols sung by a choir, a church choir, that had really incredible singers. Huh. sounded like a professional choir, but it was very, um, had a very earthy uh, and stirring Eastern European feel to it. It was acapella and it was just chilling music. Side one was in old, sung in Old Slavonic and side two uh, were the same songs sung in English. Really? And I still wow. listen to that one every, every Christmas. It's, nice. uh, yeah, it's called Carpatho Rusin uh, Christmas Carols. And it was recorded in Clifton, New Jersey. It's, it's a, I think it might be on Spotify. But wow. it's uh, it's uh, decidedly different holiday listening. There's yeah. a bunch of other ones too. I like um, I like the Johnny Mathis Christmas album. Um, oh sure. Of course, 
of course, the Phil Spector Christmas. The thing about the uh, a Christmas gift for you, the, the Phil Spector album, mm-hmm. it, it really got uh, knocked aside throughout the '60s. It was released, I believe, on the day that JFK was assassinated. So oh it really fell by the wayside. But then, of sure. course, it it was reissued on Apple in the '70s. And that's when we got hold of it and really started to tear into it. That just before it started getting air airplay in all the uh, supermarkets and uh, airports, and it, it was uh, it was a bit of a rarity at that time. So that's still a special album, I'm sure. And I I had the great honor and pleasure of playing a number of songs from that album. Uh, I was touring with Ronnie Spector for a number of years. Oh, I read so, about that. Yeah, yeah, so we did Christmas shows with her. She really loved Christmas and Christmas music. It meant a lot mm-hmm. to her. And to be able to play those songs live. And uh, I mean, Hal Blaine, who was the drummer on the originals, was one of my biggest inspirations. Oh, so Hal was incredible. Yeah. So to go on stage, every time I took the, the stage with her and uh, got to play the, those numbers, it was not lost on me how special it was, you know. Loved, oh, sure. loved it, yeah. That's super cool. In fact, I just... Uh... Re- released uh, an episode podcast episode with um a vocalist who worked with the wrecking crew on hundreds and hundreds probably thousands of songs not ron hinklin is it it was ron hinklin yes yeah he's something else isn't he yeah it was an incredible conversation um i yeah this would be an episode you might enjoy listening to and i, I recorded one um, a few months ago with Sally Stevens, who was part of his group, but then she also kind of branched off on her own. It was one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had. It was so remarkable. Yeah, and he's a great rock and tour. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, and he's he's uh, been obviously retired for for several years, but man, the guy has some incredible stories, and uh, just really, really loved. Um, talking with him and oh that's cool you got to to talk with him yeah very yeah very cool. we we had about a two-hour conversation and uh i had it nar- narrowed it down but uh it was it was really really very very fascinating yeah so to kind of circle back with you guys this has been it's been a big year for you guys you've just released the lost album a few months ago, which was recorded back in 93. You and I talked about the last time we, we were mm-hmm. together here. And, and now you're re-releasing this Christmas album. Is this just a, a fun year for, for you, Mike and Jim? Yes, you know, uh, it is. We're uh, slowly going through our vaults and uh, picking out stuff we want to either reissue or put out there for the first time. We have a lot of tapes. What makes it cool in turn, well, with regards to the uh, the Lost album, is that people have been really digging it, more yeah. so than I expected. I thought it was good, you know, um, but people are really getting behind it. So that we can only do what we do if we have an audience, you know, sure. and we, sure. we're really grateful that people uh, still come to see us and uh, still want to hear the smithereens. That uh, when, when something really clicks, it makes it all the more fun. I think a lot of people would love to hear Merry Christmas, baby. We're going to pause here and listen to that. Of course, we've just talked about it. It's written by Brian Wilson, recorded by the Beach Boys. That's you on vocal. So let's pause here and give it a listen. My baby. 
Great, great song. I know we've talked about it already, but that is it's such a great addition to the album. And knowing that that's your vocals, that that is super cool. Thank what you. is it like, you know, all these years later, because this came out, as we mentioned, in 2007, what is it like for you to, to listen to this album now and, and to hear some of these songs? Is what, What's that like for you guys? Well, it sounds cliche, but it's as, as if it's as if we recorded it yesterday. <laughs> we had a lot of fun making it. Usually, when you ask an artist what they think about their own works, and I think many would say that they think back to the creating of of the project. Mm-hmm. So um, I I know I do. I think back to the sessions for um, any given album. If you were to ask name a certain cut or a certain album, I would immediately think back to where I was at at that time, you know, or, or, or something about the sessions. Um, and what I think about, well, of course the album came out in, in, I guess the fall or early winter of that year, Mm -hmm. 07, but we recorded it when it was pretty hot and humid outside in the summertime. So I, I, I do think about that. We really knocked our heads together and, and came up with something that, uh, 
was special to us and and hopefully special to our fans and it seems like it is and you really channeled brian wilson so well i i love the the tone in your voice just the timbre everything it just it's really and the in the way it's mixed too and and engineered there was some great intentionality i can tell there uh, to kind of capture that uh, Brian Wilson vibe and that feel to it. So really well done. And you guys are doing a special limited edition vinyl pressing. It's Christmas green and looks super, super cool. What's the release date uh, for the vinyl? And are there CDs that will be coming out for this as well? November 18th, it'll be out. Maybe you could pre-order it now. I'm not sure. Probably. Um, yeah, and and that would be through the through the band's website. Yeah, and maybe the LP website, and uh, it might be out on other retail platforms, virtual platforms. Um, gotcha. I think the CD, which will be coming out, I think around that time, also that the CD might only be uh, available through officialsmithereens.com. That's our website officialsmithereens.com there, there's information there there'll, there'll be information on our facebook page um perfect and I'll, yeah. I'll put all those links for people uh to be able to click on and and they can order and purchase directly through you guys and uh i mean this is really the perfect christmas gift for the smithereens fan in your life so if if <laughs> uh if if uh those listening have that person that special person that loves the smithereens this this really would be the best gift that you could get them so this is really exciting and i i can't wait to to order mine and add the actual vinyl to my collection so dennis i'm so so grateful to to have you on again i appreciate your time and sharing some of the stories about the making of this album and some of the song selections and just kind of learning some of the backstory so so thank you so much for Give me your time again today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. I uh, always enjoy speaking with you, and I appreciate the folks that tune in and dig what we do. It means an awful lot. As I said before, we really can't do it without you. <laughs> that's uh, that's really sincere. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody has a great holiday, and if you dig the record, let us know. Yeah, well, Merry Christmas to you and yours, uh, Dennis. Thank you. Thank, you. Yeah. thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and very Merry Christmas to you. And if you've enjoyed this chat, share it on your socials with your friends. Give this podcast a rating or review. It's always helpful and appreciated, and i so thankful that you all support indie podcasters like myself. We'll see you all down the road a bit. Keep your bags packed, and join us on our next Journey to the Stage. And that's a wrap. All right.